Blog Talk Radio. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Now I know what time it is. It is time for In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Here with you live on a Saturday night, November the 3rd, 2018. I'm Dre, he's Jay. Start of the sort of unofficial start of the second half of the NFL season as we get ready to pick all the games for week nine in the NFL. Halloween is over, all the candy has been consumed, all the sugar highs and the sugar crashes have happened, and now it's time to get ready for some good football tomorrow. But of course, we have to discuss the bad football that was played Thursday night before we get to anything else, and I don't even know where to begin. Uh, some of the texts that you were sending me about this game, Jason, were really funny, uh, so since it's the it's your L that you took because of the contingency pick, I'll let you hack away at, at Murga and, and what we saw on Thursday night. Yeah. What can you say about that game other than I believe one of the texts I sent you is, have you ever seen a team quit so hard as the Raiders quit on Thursday night? I mean, you, you know, when a team is going in the tank and it, you know, and it, it, you kind of suspect it and it, and it doesn't look so obvious. I mean, they didn't show up. I mean, the, Ra- the Raiders, they didn't want to be there. Their offense looked lethargic. Their defense, was they couldn't stop anybody. A- and I've never seen a team quit so hard on its coach. I-, I mean, they don't – I don't think they have any faith in Gruden. I don't think fans I- – I don't know. If you're a Raiders fan, why would you – would you even go to the games? I, I would not – I would not give this organization or, or any anybody a nickel. I-, I wouldn't go to the games. I'm not going to buy – Nine dollar beers. I'm not doing any of that stuff. If I am a Raiders fan, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sitting this out. That was about as hard of a. That was that about shit. as hard. Yeah. Oh my God. That was about. I sit at home. It was about as hard of a quit that that I have ever seen a team put out against a quarterback making his playing his first snaps in the NFL. They made Nick Mullins look like uh, Joe Montana. Like he he looked like a seasoned veteran out there picking them apart and uh, yeah and I that's that's all I could say I they they completely dismantled the Raiders and the Raiders completely completely that no Cedric Muller Chris Mullen I believe it was at one point I felt so good about that contingency I was all over the the 49ers with you if that was Beathard because I figured you know they'd have a great chance with Beathard not starting a guy making his first NFL game. I mean, the Raiders can't be can't be that bad. Oh my God! I mean, that was <laughs> yeah, they I can. Mean, I don't even think you thought it would be that bad. Oh God, no! I, I cannot possibly take like a whole ton of credit for the win because, like every other human in the world, I had no idea how Nick Mullins was going to play no. in that game. All I knew was the Raiders are complete trash. They might be the worst team in the league, and I was taking whoever was facing them. I know thirty-four to three. Fuck no, I didn't think they were gonna. That that was 
That was disgraceful. That was disgraceful even by Thursday night football standards. And Thursday night football is the drizzling shit, and everyone knows that already. But this was beyond that. This was, like you said, a a team officially in front of the world on nationwide TV quitting in front of its coach. Uh, Derek Carr looked like he was playing as hard as he could for about a quarter and a half uh, trying to save his own hide. And even he, after a while, was like, you know what, fuck this shit. This is So it was it was the it was about as bad as you could imagine. Yeah, and, and, and just to prove how far Murga has gone here, um and yes, I absolutely found a place where I can get us custom made make Raiders great again hats. <laughs> but, um and you know, and I, I think would... I had sent to you at, at another point I think I had said to you that he Gruden would be fired if he hadn't signed that I mean, if this was just a regular NFL coach, he'd have been fired after this game. But just to show the penetration of Murga and the reach that this little podcast has, the next day I'm at work and I have on uh, one of the sports talk shows. So it's like Fox Sports 1 is on and, and it's on in the background at work and Colin Coward is on. And they're showing the clips of Gruden and his co-host, uh, this girl who just like reads the news and stuff, goes, wow, he sounds like Trump. <laughs> After they showed the interview that Gruden had done with Howie Long, they were showing snippets of the interview, and you know, and then Coward goes on this long spiel about how Gruden's like a great salesman. He's like Trump, and I was like, oh my god, okay, it's official. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's listening to this show. Somebody. I would like to think that as well, but I know I think it's that obvious when someone. I think it is, but but we were on. I was on this way earlier. How long oh, have we yeah. been on the Murga? How long have we been on the Murga bandwagon here since like? For a long time. Yeah, you certainly gave it the Murga nickname, but yeah, I definitely saw a lot of Trump in what Gruden was doing. Just and he can, yeah. and he continues to do it. Just pump up yeah. the organization. Just it's ignore everything do. that's going on around you and keep saying how great everything is going. The yeah. building's on fire. Uh, everything's fine. Everything, he nothing got to see here, folks. Uh, yeah, now Gruden's supposed to be the big you know quarterback guru, and you've watched Derek Carr just turned into a steaming pile of crap. And then you've got Kyle Shanahan on the other side pulling the Shanahanigans. And I'm thinking that he's going to – he seems to be more of the quarterback whisperer than John Gruden. If he got that out of Cedric Mullins or Chris <laughs> Mullin or whatever his name is, I, I'm not going to call him by his real name until he does this against a real NFL team. Well, you're going to have to wait a little that, longer. Just the fact that he was able to get production out of Beathard, Garoppolo, this Mullen kid. I mean, Matt Ryan under him, MVP. See, just the list of quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan has coached up and gotten a ton of production out of is extremely long. You got my and, respect. And yeah, and he, we, we called it Shanahanigans mostly because of his dad. Um, and then, you know, well, and, and the son for some of that play calling in that 28-3 uh, to uh, Super Bowl. But overall, uh, I think he's showing to be the better coach. No, that's a great point about all the great things that John Gruden is supposed to be able to do for a quarterback. And I think not just Kyle Shanahan, but all these younger guys that have come in, the, the Sean yeah. McVay, yeah, Sean and, the McVay right. and yep. all these guys have surpassed Gruden. The, the game, Gruden sat there in the booth for parts of two decades waiting for the right opportunity to come back. It's no surprise that the game has passed him by. And, oh, and it looked like we, it. We didn't know it was going to be that hard. It passed him by like, really <laughs> his hard. Team, his team.
Akeem is just out there completely quitting, and all the shots are of Gruden standing all by himself on the sidelines just making Chucky face. Like, that's it. That's all he can do. Remember the first time we saw Chucky face? Remember that game that uh, the season opener, I was at your house, and you were living, uh, I think, on, on Neva, I believe, in Chicago. Oh, my God, and, that uh, long ago, huh? Yeah, his debut. And we were looking at Chucky face, and I because it just reminded me of that when it, when they were going back to yeah. uh, his face, they just kept going back to him with that grimace on his face. It looked yeah. like he's taking a shit in his pants, and it just kept flashing <laughs> back to, to when we were when we were watching him at your house. Oh and, yeah, and nothing's changed. Yeah. The Popeye grimace. I'd put a yeah. pipe in his mouth and a sailor hat, and he could be Popeye. Yeah, blow me down. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's that's. But he's just he's just a he's a caricature, you know. Mm-hmm. He's basically yeah. become just a cartoon character, and the Raiders are and, and and not only that, he's completely dismantling the franchise. And you know, it's a complete dumpster fire right now. The Raiders, and he's, he's they're just they're just jettisoning every good piece that team has. So. If Gruden's mission is, oh, I'm going to remake this in, in the image that I want, and I've got the control for 10 years, so I'm going to tear this down and then build it back up, hey, more power to him. But he better be prepared for the lumps that he's going to get because you still got a, you know 53 guys on that team that are pros, and I don't think want to be treated with that level of disrespect, and they completely just upped and quit on that coach. I, and they won't win a game the rest down of the year. They will not win a game the rest of the year if they're quitting that hard. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, quite the that's that's quite bold. I don't know. We when might as well be playing for the number one pick if you're going to quit like that and just not show up against Nick Mullins. <laughs> but I, Could you imagine I, the booze the next time they're playing in the black hole? Could you just imagine how that how that fan base better turn on that? I, I mean, that that better be just raining booze on the Raiders the whole time because if they have any pride, they need to show it now. They got nothing left. Raiders fans are that crazy and and touched uh, in the head that they may just, just cheer even wild yeah. even wilder. And I'd love to just appeal to the to the to the better sense of the of the Raider Nation here. To don't support this team. They don't even want to be in your city. They quit they on can't... you. The players quit on the coach. <laughs> just, just the don't players go. quit on the team. The teams quit on the city. Uh, and meanwhile, John Gruden has a hundred million dollars. Yeah, don't don't dress up in your spikes and your war paint, or don't don't dress up like Darth Vader. None of don't show up, or do that with a brown paper bag over your face. Yeah, or or you sell your tickets to the to the fans of the opposing team. Let the Raiders feel oh. all that love of yeah, you know. Let it let it turn into the let it turn into Brewer, uh, you know, uh, Miller Park when the Cubs come to town. <laughs> Or, oh, or, man, or, or or White Sox Park when the Cubs go do the they they play the the interleague series and their place turns into Wrigley South. Uh, it's not quite that bad. It is about the half uh, Cubs fans. That's that's for sure. <laughs> but no, I've been to Cub games at Miller Park. It's like seventy yeah. percent Cubs fans. Right. No, and and the Cubs Sox games that I've been to at, at Comiskey, it, it's half and half, but. It's those are the only those are the only games that some Sox fans go to is the Cubs games. Yeah, that's why it's half and half. And those are some of the only Sox games that sell out. Exactly. If you go to a Sox Blue Jays game, it's not half and half because the Sox don't care about the Blue Jays. So that's all Blue Jays fans. Yeah. But that also means there's eight thousand people in the seats. 
No, there's eight thousand tickets sold. There's more than there's more like five <laughs> five hundred people in the seat. <laughs> that's what the so that's I, what that's, Oakland I, should be like. Yeah, but that's what, what I've been waiting to get off my chest about that game because oh, that was awful. I've seen teams give up. I, I just I I mean I know it's recency bias here, but I've never in my recollection seen a team just lay down like a dog like they did on Thursday night. And it's the caliber of opposition that makes it so bad because oh, no, exactly. they, it should have been 34 to the 3 40, the other way. If that's what the 49ers do to the Raiders, what would the Patriots have done to them? Yeah, I mean, seven to three. If that was if that was, you know, the Raiders going to play the Rams, could you imagine if that was Raiders oh Chiefs? Oh my god. Yeah, that's just. I mean, Mahomes would have thrown for a thousand. This is what you do against a kid that's never played a snap in his life in the NFL, and you just let him light your ass up all night long. That that is shameful. So I don't know what pride they might have uh, in the future, but zero. (laughs) It's over. But I think we're we're proud to officially crown our first FedEx mail it in team of the season, and they are mailing it in very hard. It's it's Murga, it's the Oakland Raiders. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yeah, brand It'd new coach, everyone bad. feeling good, and oh, it's, it's it's bad. All right, enough said about that piece of work. At least it's uh, just one have... loss. God, that felt. You are lamenting that you didn't lock it up. Oh my God, that should have been. I, if I'd have known that they were going to quit that hard. Well, of course, but that's what you don't know. If I would have known yeah. that, I wouldn't have picked them. Right, of course. Yeah, that that was. Although it should have been maybe a little bit of a clue when the the quarterback uh, uh, news is switching back and forth between Beathard and Chris Mullen, and the point spread isn't changing at all. Like, betters didn't care. They were going with San Fran anyway. It didn't matter who they yeah. were starting. They could have started Joe Montana now, today, and they still would have had San Fran minus three. And they, he probably would have beat him at the age of 73 or whatever Montana is. Yeah, I don't uh, think there's been – I don't think there's an NFL quarterback that would have lost that game. Nate Peterman <laughs> would have won that game. Whoa, slow down, buddy. I don't know. I don't know about Peterman. He Wait might have found a way to throw – he might Mullins. have found a way to throw four balls to the Raiders. Okay, they are, I, I'm not saying Peterman beats them 34 to three, but Peterman beats them. I don't know. Peterman has an unbelievable knack of finding the other team. It's it's uncanny. <laughs> he he does. He he might have found them even. They could have been lying, literally lying on the grass, and he would have been able to throw it to them anyway. So I I, I don't know. But uh, there's your festive washing machine going off again. Yeah. That thing is, you know, that's it's pretty, a party. This, I, I, I always marvel at this headset because I'm sitting 25 feet away from my laundry room. And it, it, it's not even that loud in, in my ears. But, yeah, this microphone must pick up everything. It's picking it up. Well, there's no other noise that's going it. on there, so there's nothing else for it to pick up. Yeah, I'm, so I'm back to my, I'm back to my uh, Microsoft headset. So it's just the... Uh, wired in with the USB headset, so I'm not using the uh, standalone mic that I had been using for a while. I go back and forth. Well, you sound good, so no no worries there. Good. Uh, well, getting to the rest of week nine, some real games tomorrow. Uh, we hope, Damn it. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow and Monday. 
Um, after I let all of you listening know, all four of you, that you are listening to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. We are very grateful for you listening, whoever you are, whether you're in Kuala Lumpur or Australia or wherever. Hopefully uh, they're all listen, in Oakland and taking my advice. And, and making some Murga hats and, and getting ready to ship them and mail them to us. I have to get Burkina a P.O. box Faso. Yeah, our, our buddies in Burkina Faso. To listen to this show as a podcast, you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, many different podcasting apps, including TuneIn, MixCloud, Player.fm, Blueberry, and many, many others. Just search for In Much Less Detail, the podcast, and when you find it, hit that subscribe button, and this show, this live show, this one-hour live show and an after show, when we're allowed to have an after show, sometimes they cut us off. Uh, we got snipers on the last show. Yeah, well, we got a good hour in, so that was yeah. that was good. Sometimes they cut us off after five minutes, depending on how they feel. Uh, <laughs> but this live show and an after show will download to you automatically if you subscribe to the podcast, or you can just come back to the live show page and search our archives. Uh, you can follow our football picks on our blog. The blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. You can always send us an email with any questions or comments. Send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. Follow Jason on Twitter at IMLDJTG and follow me on Twitter at IMLDDre. And now get the taste of Thursday night out of our mouths and move on to nine in the NFL. We were discussing before we went on very briefly uh, our highlight games of the week. The two that are obvious are the the, the later games, um, but the, the third game was a uh, little up in the air, you were mentioning Pittsburgh-Baltimore, I believe, uh, right before we went on the air. Yeah, and you know, and the two highlight games that we know are the obvious ones are so big, um, I, I'm okay even just using those two as highlights, because we've got a real short week this week, so they're actually going to have a lot of time to get into uh, the in much less detail portion of the show. Um, so I'm okay just doing the two big highlight games, because we know there's some games that we're just not going to talk about. I like that idea. That sounds good. All right. I like, those are the, two, I like the way I you those think. Two, I think those two deserve a little bit more time because they are gigantic games. One, they because of sort of the history and legacy and all the BS that's being rammed down our throats uh, about goats. <laughs> and uh, the other one, because it actually is the best game of the week. We'll start with that one. The, uh, the game that has uh, one loss between both of the teams, so 14 yeah. and one combined record coming in. Yeah. I'd say that's a pretty big gain. That's a pretty big Better deal. Than one in 13 combined going into. The, uh... <sighs> yeah. I don't so think we're going to the... see the Rams or the Saints quit quite as hard as the Raiders did. Boy, I certainly hope not. Uh, so the Rams and the Saints are going to do battle uh, late Sunday afternoon. The Los Angeles Rams, of course, are still undefeated. They are 8-0, and they are 4-0 on the road, and they just won't stop, although the Packers gave them a, a battle uh, this past Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and now they go to New Orleans. Uh, the Saints are 6-1, and they're 2-1 and at home, and they've really intrigued me with the way they've been playing and winning games lately. They're not the bombs away, balls out, uh, aerial attack that you're used to from Drew Brees, but they've been definitely mixing it up and, and grinding and ball controlling and using the running attack and, and some short passing. And I, I can't wait to see which way they go in this game. That's going to be fascinating to me. That's really the big 
question of the game is which style do the Saints come out and play, and will that style be effective in winning this big, big game for basically for control of the uh, of the NFC, which the winning team will have uh, control, and, and uh, the inside track I'm being the number one seed. So the Rams at eight and zero uh, would be the favorite against pretty much any team uh, on the road, you would think. Um, and this being no exception, uh, even though the Superdome is, is known as being a huge, huge home field advantage for the Saints, the Rams are getting the respect to still be the favorites. They are two-point favorites on the road at the Saints. Jason, who you got? Yeah, it's a real interesting line um, having teams of this caliber where you have what amounts to a five-point swing going away from your cop-out line for the Saints all the way over to the Rams. So the fact that the Rams are giving points on the road, it's well, it's not even a testament to how good the Rams have been and how good they are. It's, it's what the, the betting public seems to think of them. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Rams love going around right now. Um, there's another game we're going to talk about with some more LA love on the road. So, so you got two, you got two LA road favorites this week, at least by the numbers I'm looking at. And you always seem to have slightly different numbers than I have, but um the other game also uh, is that way, then that'll be the case. Uh, hope I'm not blowing up the narrative here because, you know, like I said, every time I, when I make, when I pick the games, my lines are slightly off from yours, but this one is, uh, this one is right on. I, I look are, at this. They're both very, very slight road favorites. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Which is really strange when you think about what was, I don't know if we could ever go back and say, what was the last time two LA teams were road favorites? That's a trivia question right there. No, certainly. Yeah. Um, I, I really look at this game because this is the marquee matchup. This is the game of the week. I mean, it's not going to be the most hyped game of the week. It should be. Um, it, it's too bad that we're not getting this game in prime time, but we're still, it's America's game of the week, right? I mean, this is going to be the one that just about everybody is going to get blasted all over their airwaves in that three, uh, three thirty slot. But I think this is, a I think this is the point here where the, where the Rams go down. Well, I'm just going to be right up front and say I've got the Saints uh, to win this game straight up, and this and it's and it's not because of the way that we've talked about in that traditional fashion where it's going to be Drew Brees throwing for 440 like the way they used to win. The Rams are extremely vulnerable against the run, and we highlighted that in the last show, and the numbers are standing up to it. The Packers ran all over them. Teams have been able to do damage. If you can get to that Rams defense, you can do it on the ground. And you're not going to have any better chance. And I remembered both of their names this time, Kamara and Ingram. See, we had, I had forgotten one and you had forgotten the other. So now I remembered them both. So between Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, I think there's going to be a whole lot of mixing in the running game. And Drew Brees, if he's going to excel in this game, he's going to have to do it off play action. But I see the Saints coming out and running the ball to loosen up the pass. And uh, I think they're going to be able to to make some hay here. I think it's I think it's got the potential to be high scoring, um, if the Rams get off. I, I I still think the game could end up being close, but unless the Rams are just blazing down the field and taking advantage of it, it's still kind of iffy Saints defense, especially in the passing game. I mean. It, uh, P.J. Williams played one of the worst games statistically of his career, but somehow because he made the big pick, got the defensive player of the week. Um, although there's like video packages of how all he did was get completely torched in the last game that the Saints played. Um, but hey, if you're getting picked on, eventually you're going to get your hands on one, right? Uh, so, evidently. 
yeah, so that's all it takes to, to be defensive player of the week. So, so good for him. But I, I do like the ground game of the Saints uh, matching up against the Rams. So the Rams go and they make a trade for Dante Fowler, another pass rusher. And, and so the Rams are completely loaded up up front in, in, in the front four and in the linebacker core with just guys who are just going to get up the field. Unfortunately, I think those guys are going to get up the field so often it's going to be into the play calling of the Saints, and they're going to be running by as Kamara and Ingram go running by them the other way. And when that many people are coming up the field on on, on the rush and on the blitz, uh, there's going to be some big chunk yardage, I think, in the, in the secondary uh, for both of those guys. And you're going to kind of have that one-two combo. And they can contribute in the passing game. So not only are they going to be able to do that, you're gonna have you're gonna probably have a, like a heavy screen game. Anytime you're playing a team that's got that high end pass rush, you can you can slow them down and wear them out. And I think the Saints just wear these guys out and, and win the game uh, in the fourth quarter. I but I, I I say in the fourth quarter, but I don't think it's a final possession type game. I'm gonna say I think the Saints could win this by ten. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Dante Fowler, uh, welcome to the Rams as they add more pass rushing uh, capabilities, as you just pointed out. They also mm-hmm. should get Cooper Cup back from injury, the uh, second or third wide receiver on that team, depending on how you look at the hierarchy. Uh, but really, all three of those guys are sort of interchangeable. It seems like uh, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup pretty much take turns making big catches and, and making Jared Goff look great. Uh, so the Rams are loaded. They're eight and zero. Everyone knows how loaded they are. The Saints are sort of low key six and one. So I don't know if too many people really expect. I, I believe uh, I, I was a little surprised as well when I saw the spread being the Rams favored by two. I believe if the Saints were bombs away with Drew Brees the way they normally are, that they probably would be slight favorites in this game. Maybe not three point favorites but they probably would be one or two point favorites, something like that. But I think the way they're playing might be affecting uh, the betting as well, that people think that they're maybe not as potent right now because Drew Brees isn't throwing for 400 yards every game. And that's, if you believe that maybe Brees has lost a step or maybe the Saints are scaling back on purpose because they're uh, afraid of wearing them out or something like that, then I can see why you'd be a little scared to touch the saints, but I guess I believe more that this is on purpose, that this is Sean Payton uh, showing some of his geniusness. And he's not uh, one of the guys that, that the game is passing him by. He's not John Gruden. He's not Murga. Uh, he's right there still with fresh ideas, still knowing how to run an offense uh, and still knowing how to use all the weapons that he has, not just some of them, but all of them. So I really think this is all by design what Sean Payton and Drew Brees are doing, scaling everything down uh, and letting the the running game and Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram uh, do what they do and control the clock, control the ball, and and just take a little pressure off of Brees. He doesn't have to feel like he has to go out and light it up every single game. Uh, There's another fascinating matchup in this game. Uh, The Rams have been running the ball so well with Todd Gurley, he has turned himself uh, over the last couple of years into one of the better all-around backs in football, maybe the best all-around back in football. And he's going to be facing another one of the best all-around backs in Alvin Kamara. But this is the rare one-versus-one matchup for the stat geek like me 
that looks at all these numbers. It's the number one run offense uh, by yards per game in football, the LA Rams, but they are facing the number one rushing defense in yards per game in the NFL in the New Orleans Saints. And that's not just uh, a, a matter of ball control and making sure that the other team doesn't get the ball very much. When they get the ball, they're not doing much against the Saints uh, on the ground. The Saints are only giving up 3.2 yards per carry. This is going to be a, a rare, surprising, uh, not so great performance for Todd Gurley. He's not used to getting too much resistance, and he's going to get some resistance uh, tomorrow that he's not used to. And that's going to throw the Rams offense not completely into uh, into the garbage, but it's definitely going to knock them off kilter. I talked a little bit about this the last show, that they have not been challenged so far this year, not in a, in a way that I think is really uh, – the Packers gave them a great game last week, uh, but I don't know if I ever really thought they were going to beat them. Uh, this is a game that they can – very easily lose the game. Uh, it's in the Superdome. It's in that kind of environment. Uh, it's facing a team in the Saints that know how to win. Uh, and they've demonstrated now that they know how to win in several different ways. And they're going to, uh, I think the key to the Rams offense actually is the running game and actually is Todd Gurley. That opens everything else up. That makes Jared Goff look like a, a great quarterback because he's got such an open field because you have to pay attention to Todd Gurley, you cannot just spread out and go uh, five and six DBs and and say, well, we'll pick up the running back if, if they give it to him. You have to plan for Todd Gurley because he will absolutely run you over. But if the Saints are going to do what they do on defense and, and stop Todd Gurley uh, with the number one run defense, that means you can now drop back on second and long, third and long. Now you can bring a bunch of DBs on the field and play the passing game and, and put the Rams in a situation that they're not used to being in. And I'm going to stick to my narrative of New Orleans, uh, particularly the, the Saints defense springboarding from the Minnesota redemption game of last week, getting that revenge for the playoff game and sort of using that to springboard and storm through the rest of the season and storm through the rest of the league with this matchup right there next on the docket. It's perfect timing they don't have to have any kind of letdown. They go right into this Rams game that's going to be the biggest thing down there uh, in New Orleans tomorrow. It's going to be an absolutely crazy atmosphere. Um, I think the Saints, I just respect the Saints so much that they know how to do what they do. And the way they're doing it lately is so amazing. It's so fascinating uh, how they've been winning games in a different way that anyone has, uh, would ever think that they could do it. And I just feel that strongly about the Saints. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and look at a team that's undefeated and say that it is a lock that they finally get their first locks. I'm with you. I'm taking New Orleans, and I'm locking it up because I think the Saints are going to springboard from here and go all the way to the title, as I predicted in February. Shit. <laughs> And that's the only reaction you really need, I guess. No. <laughs> I said shit because I finally picked up my phone and looked at my picks again. And this was my lock of the week, too. <laughs> it's right here on my phone. New Orleans plus two. Lock. So, <laughs> well, I guess we're tied in week 10. We don't script this, right? We don't. 
we, we, we do not script this. This is not something where it's like, oh, hey, you know, I caught back up to you, and, and now I'm just going to yeah, – I'm punting because that, that's just not the way I do this. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was picking up my phone to look at the rest of my picks to refresh what I was, what I was doing the rest of the week, and, yeah, my lock of the week, too. Well, there you go. Hey, I'm glad we both feel the same way about it. Uh, actually, what you should be saying shit for is now we're both going to wind up getting uh, trapped because we just took an undefeated team and locked it in that they were going to get beat. So oh, that no, doesn't, oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-oh. If that doesn't you. scream trap, I mean, come on. Is this? Oh. We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out. Man, they're undefeated. I don't. I can't believe you locked in. How could you lock in a team to beat an undefeated team? That, how could you do something like that, man? So you went. You went with the number one matchups there with the Rams rush D, uh, Rams rush offense versus the Saints run D. And I'm looking at the other side going. The Saints run offense. I think is going to run rough shot over that Rams pretty porous run defense. That's right. They're giving up 4.8 yards per carry, and I think the Saints are going to really exploit that and, and go for probably a buck fifty as a team. I, I agree with that completely. They made the Packers look like a competent NFL rushing team. <laughs> Aaron That's Jones has some huge holes. That is hard to do. <laughs> so, yeah, we they, both really love the Saints to, to beat uh, the undefeated uh, Rams. Yeah. Now, yeah. now full – Full disclosure up front here. I mean, if the Rams, they do go in there and they hold serve and then they win like everyone in the betting public seems to expect them to, uh, there's nothing more you can say about what Sean McVay is doing with that franchise. I mean, they go into this spot and come out of that 9-0, and even if they win by a point and don't cover the spread. I'm just talking straight up wins and losses here. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll have a lot of nice things to say about the Rams if they come out of the other side of this unscathed. Oh, I want to see how they do it. I'd love to see how they would exactly pull that off. If they just storm down and throw uh, and, and pray that everybody can come down with it. I think the, the the way the Rams win this game is they jump out quick and and they just go bombs away and try to win a shootout. They try to win okay. a 41-38 kind of game. I think that's the only way the Rams win. Because if they let the Saints get into this, slow it down, beat them up, let those let those two running backs wear them out for the whole game. I think the Rams could wear down in the fourth quarter. I think if the Rams can come out and keep up the tempo um, and keep that, they'll keep those scores going into the 30s, approaching 40. I I think that that's their that's their path to winning. I was gonna say if they come in and bombs away and just throw it up and and hope that guys come down and make plays, then yeah. I don't want to call that a fluke, but I would be a lot more impressed if they got behind Gurley and ground grounded out against the number one run D and won that way, that would be like, whoa, whoa. That would be that Oh would yeah, be no. They, yeah, no, if they man them up up front and manhandle the Saints yeah. and, and come out of there with like something like, you know, twenty four thirteen kind of win, I'd give them that's even more respect. Oh, absolutely. That that would be a whoa. All right. One more highlight game. It's, of course, what everyone is talking about, the Packers and the Patriots. I can can hear the vitriol in your voice when you discuss this game about how, how much hype is getting and the, the, the GOAT oh. comparison and the Brady versus Rogers uh, comparison oh, and all God. that stuff. It's They've bad. earned that. I, I understand they, it's they bad. Have, they have, well, I mean, 
yes, they they have earned it. Um, there, you know, Aaron Rodgers, even with the one title, because everyone's everyone's just you know title hungry. Apparently, I mean, right? Yeah, come on, Eli Manning has two titles. Nobody's going to tell me that Aaron Rodgers is a worse quarterback than Eli Manning. <laughs> Put that for rest right now. I mean, the, the talent is obviously there, but yeah, the. And but and it's just the the whole the, the the filleting that both of the teams and quarterbacks have been doing of their opponent this week is it, so phony. Uh, he's and just the greatest. He's obviously oh, the goat. God. You know, and you know they're saying it through gritted teeth because they <laughs> have to because nobody wants to give the other team billboard material. And it mm-hmm. is just so it is so disingenuous. You're not telling me for a minute that. That, that Aaron Rodgers thinks that Tom Brady's better than he is, or, or vice versa. Oh, so, no, I love uh, you more. No, 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 no. I love you more. No, yeah, no, so no. I, I, let, let's just, yeah, let's just have these two teams play it out. We, one team is, you know, clearly ascendant back to their, you know, sort of top of the AFC or headed up that way, and you got the Packers who are uh, lucky to be 500. <laughs> So Green Bay, three wins and three losses with the one tie. Uh, They've got uh, no Geronimo Allison expected to play tomorrow, so they're going to be back to those young kids behind uh, Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb, the the jumble of names of those young kids that you don't – they got three names. All all their young kids got three names. Valdez, Scantling, or – Oh, God, Equimenius, St. Something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. You're playing like sports scrabble. The Packers right. win. <laughs> uh, and on the New England side, who are 6-2, and two, uh, their O-line is a little beat up. Uh, Sony Michelle, they're playing games with their, uh, their injury report again. I think they have literally 13 or 14 guys listed as questionable, and, and Sony Michelle is one of them. So they're acting like he may return from that twisted knee that he got a couple of weeks ago. I don't, I don't know if I believe he'll be ready to go, but we'll, I guess we'll all find out on Sunday night. Uh, Green Bay, uh, this is interesting to me that they're zero and three on the road. All three of their losses are are road games, and the Patriots are four and zero at home. So uh, no surprise about the battle of the goats that the. Patriots are the bigger favorites here. They are they're giving five and a half points at home against Green Bay on Sunday night. Uh, but even with uh, the road record versus the home record, I'm on record. You know how I feel about the Patriots defense. I don't want to keep going on and on about that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Green Bay because we didn't talk much about their uh, trade line, trade deadline I, moves. Everyone's I was making moves to. at the deadline. Uh, boy, what is uh, so maybe you'd agree with me. What an odd trade to move HaHa Clinton Dix uh, like he would be just a, a bank-breaking free agent if they let, oh, my God, we might have to pay HaHa Clinton Dix. I don't know how much he could possibly command in, in, in free agency. But the thing about it is he's actually a good draft pick. And we always talk about how you have to build a team. You have to draft well over several years. And this is a good, this is a number one pick. Believe me, I remember he's a first-round pick because the Bears almost – I think the Bears are the next pick after the, uh, after the Packers, and I was upset because I wanted the Bears to get him. Uh, so the Packers get him. He doesn't miss plays. He doesn't miss games. He's he's very good at his job. I'm not going to say that he's the best DB in the league or whatever, but he's probably the best DB on that team. 
Uh, I don't know what else you, you could want the guy to do being drafted number, uh, you know, in the first round. Uh, he played about as well as I think you could hope, and you get rid of him. I don't know why. I, what what do you, what else do you want? What do you think is, is a, the draft is supposed to be for, if not for drafting pieces who play well and take the ball and don't get hurt and, and stay on the field for you? I, 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 didn't, I didn't understand that trade at all. I don't know how, I don't know yeah. how you felt about it. Don't worry, but I'll let you make your pick, and then I'll, I'll have my thoughts on that because that that was one of the that was one of the big angles I wanted to talk about on this game. So I'm glad right. you brought it up. So thanks for stealing my thunder there. <laughs> well, uh, it's going to come down to I believe uh, which team is going to get burned by blitzing a great quarterback at the very wrong time, because both. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady will make you pay if you blitz them at the wrong time. They will make you pay dearly, of course. And I guess what I'm going with is Green Bay bringing in the veteran D, uh, a defensive coach and Mike Pettin versus the Patriots had to replace the, the pencil chewer, uh, Matt Patricia. So they got this kid, Brian Flores. Uh, and I, I'm going to trust the, the veteran Mike Pettin to figure out the right time to blitz Tom Brady and, and stifle the Patriots. And I'm going to trust him a lot more than I'm going to trust whoever this Brian Flores guy is. And that's basically what it's going to come down to for me is I'm going to take the uh, the Packers to not just cover the spread against the Patriots, but win the game outright. Um, I'm going to, tr- I, I, I trust the Packers a little more. I, I did think about locking it up, but I, I didn't, I couldn't do that, but uh, but I just I continue to be uh, amazed by how great Aaron Rodgers has played this year, especially after what uh, the Bears did to his knee in the in week one. He just keeps playing well and better, not just well, but better and better and better. Uh, the trend is going up. The, me and my little three week trends. Uh, the Packers are averaging 7.2 yards uh, per throw three weeks ago. They're now averaging an even eight yards per throw. So. I don't know who these kids are that Rodgers is throwing to, but once again, Aaron Rodgers is making players much better than they have any right to be. Uh, and now they get rid of Ty Montgomery, so you don't have to worry about anybody fumbling the kickoff and ruining any uh, late comeback plans or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, I just I trust the Packers a little more right now because I'm just more impressed by the, how they're sort of coming together and playing. That they, they probably most people didn't think they would contend against the Rams last week as nine-and-a-half point underdogs and there they were right there with a with a chance to possibly win if Ty Montgomery doesn't fumble that kickoff so I, I'm just more impressed by Green Bay and I'm going to take them and, and feel comfortable about it okay and it's funny because I had also thought about locking this game up and if we had had locks on this game of the week we would have had another lock off because <laughs> uh, I do not uh, trust the Packers at all in this spot I'm going to take the Patriots I think the Packers kind of shot their wad against the Rams and, and losing that game, the way they lost the game. I, I, I sense that that was sort of the air getting let out of the balloon, wind coming out of the sails. And I think that precipitated the ha ha Clinton Dick trade. You don't make that trade. If you are considering yourselves a contender, if you think that you have the team to make a run, even if you're going to lose a guy to free agency, or if he's pricing himself out of the market, he's clearly better than what you have on your roster. If you're making a run, you keep him and let him play out the string for you and be as productive as he possibly can. You you don't try to you don't try to pull off the move to dump him for a draft pick. This feels like a move by with Guten Kunst, I believe I said it right, the new Packers GM. Uh, he's slowly. I think he did a little debt clearing because after the season's over, Mike McCarthy's a goner. He's going to bring in his own coach. 
and and the Packers are going to move on. I think the Packers have already decided. They, they've looked at this team, and I think that they have decided that they're just moving on from 2018. I mean, they're still going to – they're not quitting like the Raiders have, but they did not put themselves in the best position to succeed. So now you're going to have somebody out there patrolling the middle of the secondary against Tom Brady and that offense that runs like clockwork who's going to either be Josh Jackson, uh, a recent draft pick, or Tremon Williams, who's washed up. You've been watching guys getting burnt deep. It's been Tremon Williams. I mean, their corners are just getting toasted. Now, Tom Brady doesn't have the arm talent to to take the top off a lot of the defenses here, but you don't need much against the Packers because dudes just run free through that secondary and, and ha-ha Clinton Dix, he would have been able to patrol the deep middle. He would have been able to come up and play the line. He's one of the few safeties that could have probably come up and covered Gronkowski, even though Gronkowski is kind of, you know, like more of a name now than anything else. Uh, and, you know, the guy that seems to be Tom Brady's go-to guy now has become James White more than Edelman or any of these other guys. It, it really has become that running back out of the backfield. And even if Sony Michelle doesn't play, James White has become the running game. Their their running game is dump offs to James White because they'll get you four, five, six, seven yards. Um, I mean, last weekend they were trying this whole gadget shit with uh, Cordero Patterson, trying to run him out of the backfield, and, and, and he was doing a better job than any of the gadget stuff the Bills tried in that, in that game. Well, that's the, the Bills. I know, but I was just saying, they, where, the, where the Bills completely showed everything they had. They showed they laid every card on the table on that first drive, and the Patriots were like, we, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, we got this. We got this one. Uh, we were joking about Bill Belichick jotting that down on the steno pad uh, when they cut to him on the sideline. We I think got this. We got this. I think they got this, too. I, I think this has been so hyped um, that, you know, I think Rodgers is going to be game. I don't. The Packers' defense is not very good. It doesn't matter if they try to blitz Brady because he's just got so many outlets. I don't think they can rush him the way you need to rush him, which is up the middle. Um, you know, and I, I think Josh McDaniels is going to game plan the hell out of that Packers' defense, and and Brady is going to be able to make all the plays. I don't really look at this game being all that close. Um, I think the hype works more here for the Patriots. I honestly don't think this is five and a half. Um, you, you know, I mean, if this wasn't if this wasn't the hype, I think has given the Packers a few points. I know Aaron Rodgers is great. I I am not shitting on Aaron Rodgers or how good I think he is at all. I mean, you talked about it. He makes dudes respectable NFL receivers because if you take any of these guys from the Packers, and we've we've talked about this even back in the Brett Favre days, and now through the Aaron Rodgers era. Uh, or when Peyton Manning was playing, when when these when these receivers that he makes into really good receivers and big names and big fantasy guys, they leave the top quarterback, they, they just ghosts. Well, how's Jordy Nelson doing this year? I believe I called that as uh, free agent bust of the year. What's Jordy Nelson had one good game? Yeah, he's yeah. doing about as well as Greg Jennings and Tony Freeman and the rest of them. Right. All those guys would they lead to Bill Schrader. You remember when he was hot shit for a week <laughs> and he went to Detroit and turned into witness protection program for wide receivers. I mean, so no, there's, there's no one denying the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think at purely just playing quarterback in the NFL, I, I, I'd take Rodgers over Brady. I'd take Rodgers over Brady in a fantasy draft 
I'd take Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady um, if all things were equal and both players had, you know, they both were on the same team. And if you were looking at a team and you're like, okay, I've got two of the exact same team. I need a quarterback to run this team. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers every time. The, the, the system is strong. I mean, there's no there's no denying the system. I think the Patriots have rounded out into midseason form here. I think I think they squished the Packers. All right, I'll definitely be a head to head that we'll keep an eye on. Uh, uh, somebody was trying to call in live. I forget the uh, area code, and then they dropped off. Uh, probably wouldn't have taken them anyway because we're uh, tight on time, but definitely get back to us when we have our next show Wednesday, our recap show, and uh, we'll be glad to get you on the air. Uh, hopefully yeah, you're not an asshole. Definitely love the calls, but it's always tough during the pick show. Yep. So now to the rest of the picks for week nine in the NFL in even more or less detail. We will start with the Falcons and the Redskins, your favorite team to root for the Falcons versus your favorite team to root to make the playoffs this year, the Redskins, because that'll be a good pick by you if they keep this up. Something's uh, got to give. Atlanta at three and four coming off a bye uh, are two-point underdogs, not three. That's an interesting line, but two-point underdogs at five and two Washington. Yeah, I'm actually taking the Falcons here straight up on the road to win the game. Uh, I like the Falcons coming off their bye. I think if if you're going to be healthy, it's going to be coming off your bye. I know there's still plenty banged up and all the six players on injured reserve out of that defense already here for the season. But Dan Quinn has shown that he knows how to coach defense. So I think he's been, I think they have coached up for this game. They're going to have a good game plan. If you've noticed since those games where they were getting torched by the Bucks and the Bengals and the, and the Saints, every week, you know, they've gone on a little winning streak here. The, the, the defense has been playing a little bit better every week, and I think that they'll play well enough coming off of the bye here um, to go into Washington and get the win. I think Atlanta's primed to go on a little mini run here, at least to put themselves back into the conversation in the second half, because they're a better team than their record has shown. Um, you know, if that was a healthy team, if they had that defense, I think we both agree that they'd have a much better record. Oh, absolutely. Uh, certainly one of the best team, one of the best teams in the NFC on paper. Uh, of course, I went yeah. over their whole their whole defense uh, before the season began and was like, where's all the holes? I did. I said, where's the holes? And now one by one, here comes a hole and another hole and another hole and uh, different holes on IR every time you turn around. Uh, however, I concur with you on the pick. Uh, I concur for the reasons as well that the defense got a buy to get a little healthier. And now they come in after that buy to play Alex Smith. So that's a couple of breaks for him. Uh, the <laughs> pass, pass D was trending very much down the last three weeks, but the Washington passing offense is also trending very down. So that's sort of a wash. Uh, and I think the a bigger factor might be that Washington is losing their left tackle Trent Williams this week, that's a big loss because now here comes uh, Vic Beasley off the edge to take down Alex Smith in any kind of comeback scenario, and I agree with you, and I'll take the Falcons there. Uh, the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings in an NFC North battle, the 3-4 and four Lions are five-point underdogs at the 4-3-1 and, and one Vikings. Yeah, another questionable trade this last week when you had the Lions trade a Golden Tate. Like, if you're a team and, yeah. you think you're, gonna, and you're only a game back in your division, you don't make that trade. So I'll take the Vikings, who I, who clearly are the best team in this division. They're not playing like it. I think it's about time they started playing like it here in front of the home fans. I think they get the win over the Lions and the cover. 
I concur with that too. There's a pro football focus stat about your your buddy, your favorite quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who has uh, ten touchdowns this year on deep balls, on deep passes. Uh, that not only that does that tie how many he had all of last year, but that's the most for any quarterback uh, for the first eight weeks of the season since 2006. So wow. he knows what he's doing as far as just bombs away. He he knows where his bread is buttered. Uh, Stephon Diggs is a is an issue. Uh, he's looks like he's not going to be out there for this game, but we know what they've been doing all year is just relying on uh, Adam Thielen, and I don't think that's going to change even with Stephon Diggs out on the other on the other side. They'll just find somebody else to take that spot. But they've been just going to Thielen repeatedly over and over, and he's been coming through. And I don't think the Lions are of the the defense to stop that. So I will agree with you and take the Vikings and give five points. The Kansas City Chiefs will give more than five because they're playing the woeful Cleveland Browns, but at least they have a new coach finally after Hugh Jackson finally got canned. Uh, Seven and one Kansas City gives seven and a hook. They're minus seven and a half at two, five and one Cleveland. Yeah, was that Greg? Was that Greg Williams? Is the coach now? Bounty Gate, Bounty Gate in the so, house. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes better be watching his back. That's all I'm going to say. Game. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, yeah, that's not enough. You you don't have a, a a team in that much turmoil, and and just displace the head coach, the offensive coordinator. You've got a rookie quarterback. This is a recipe for major failure. Uh, I think the Chiefs win by three touchdowns. I don't watch college uh, football, but apparently Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield had some sort of monster duel a couple yeah, of years ago. Uh, it was the highest uh, yardage output ever in uh, college football. It was like 1,900 yards between the two teams. <laughs> Not a joke. Like Mahomes no, threw I know. Yards and Baker Mayfield threw for like 700 yards. Unbelievable. Well, this isn't college, so we're not going to have anything resembling that. Mahomes will uh, come thanks. closer than Mayfield will. Uh, he will, uh, but I'm going to take Cleveland in the points. Uh, even with Hugh Jackson, Cleveland got both of their wins and one tie uh, when they were playing at home. Much better home team for whatever reason, uh, so I got them to stay close with Kansas City. Uh, obviously, don't think they're going to beat Kansas City. They're not anywhere on their level talent-wise. But I got them to stay close. Maybe Bounty Gate will get a little something out of the, the defense. And uh, you, you joked about it. Hey, maybe they do do a little ankle pick, a little, little, little twist in the get, get in the pile and twist up that leg a little bit. You never know. Might have a few tricks up his sleeve. Uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, the, the AFC North battle, that great feud that they have. This is a rematch of week four where Baltimore went into Pittsburgh and actually beat them 26 to 14, uh, where Joe Flacco actually threw for 363 yards and a couple of touchdowns in that game. Uh, so not too big of a surprise that they're favored over the Steelers. Pittsburgh at 4-2-1, two and two-and-a-half-point underdogs at 4-4 four and four Baltimore. Yeah, and Baltimore just came off a brutal stretch catching the Saints and then the Panthers, who have gotten, like, white-hot uh, over what six quarters? <laughs> um, they finally get to go home, get a little home cooking here. The Steelers uh, have been running the ball really well. James Conner has kept Le'Veon Bell, um, all that talk sort of at bay, and the Steelers' offense has looked really good. But I think that the Ravens get right at home, sweep the season series. Um, I don't think they go down to three in a row. Everybody was hot on the Ravens, and then all of a sudden they ran into those two big bumps on the road. I think they come home. 
Steelers defense is usually uh, you know very generous, especially through the air. Flacco, those receivers, a little home cooking. I think Baltimore pulls this out by a field goal. Connor has not just kept Le'Veon Bell at bay. He's thriving and, and yeah, succeeding, and I would have never thought that. Uh, another PFF stat, Connor – Connor has 19 carries of 10 or more yards this year, and that's the second most for any running back this year. Think of all the great running backs in the league, and James Connor has the second most 10-yard carries in the league. That is, is quite the amazing stat. Uh, maybe more important than that is Baltimore is missing both of their starting uh, tackles. The left and the right tackle, James Sears and Ronnie Stanley, are both out. Joe Flacco is not throwing for 363 yards again uh, against the Steelers. I think they're going to avenge that loss in Pittsburgh and go to Baltimore and split that season series. Really hard to imagine the Ravens sweeping that series. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers there. Miami and the Jets in the AFC East action, the three and five Jets, two and a half point underdogs on the road at the four and four Dolphins. And I don't care about this game one bit. The home team getting that extra half point going the other way. Miami's got to do his win by a field goal. So why the hell not? I'll, I'll take the dolphins and give the points. I really don't care about this game at all. I don't care about it either. Uh, this is a week two rematch where Miami won 20 to 12 at the jets. Uh, but that was uh, interesting to me. The second leading rusher for Miami, the first leading rusher was, uh, uh, oh, shoot, I forgot his name, but anyway, the second leading rusher, was uh, was the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. And he's not there tomorrow. It's more Brock Osweiler. So they're not going to get any help. Uh, for, they, they If they have to rely on Brock Osweiler to throw them the victory, uh, I know he just did it against uh, Chicago, but I, I don't trust him to do that again at all. So I will t- actually take the Jets in this one uh, as a two-and-a-half-point dog. Uh, speaking of the Bears, Chicago and Buffalo, Chicago at four and three. Uh, we talked about their struggles on the road. Uh, Kenyon Drake was the Dolphins running back. My mind blitzed on him uh, for a second there. Uh, we talked about how bad Chicago has been on the road versus at home. Nonetheless, this is the Buffalo Bills coming off of just an embarrassing Monday night effort against uh, New England. So the Bears are 10.5-point favorites on the road uh, at 2-6 and six Buffalo. You know, if this was still Josh Allen, I'd give Buffalo a lot more love here possibly but I think Buffalo would also be getting more points because he was he has shown to be the only competent quarterback on that roster those other three guys put together because now it's Matt Barkley in town uh, Peter oh it, it's it that is just the worst I will take the Bears and give the points and I hate doing it but the Bills are so bad and not just the Bills but Nathan Peterman specifically oh, how can anyone runner on pick sixes too I might take the over there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Buffalo left it all out there on the field Monday against New England and still looked like shit. And, and now here's Peterman. So uh, most Bears road games are scary for Trubisky, but not here. I agree. I'll give the 10 and a half because Buffalo is just trash. Uh, God, we're going to run out of time even with uh, the, the slow <laughs> The low amount of gains. Um, so Tampa Bay at three and four with Fitzmagic back plus six and a half at five and two Carolina. Uh, yeah, you know, I actually kind of, I still think Carolina's playing with a little bit of fool's gold here. I actually am going to take Tampa to keep this close. 
I, I, I don't see why Ryan Tannehill can't go in there and, and light it up again. It, it seems like he's been real high. He's had the highs and lows. I don't Carolina is as good as what they've shown the last, like I said, five quarters of football, which everybody seems to be all of a sudden clamoring about. So I, I'm going to go ahead and take Tampa to stay close in a high-scoring game. Uh, the rest of our picks for those of you listening live will be on the podcast. All right. And now we're not live anymore. That's why I did that. Um, I concur. I will also take Tampa and the points. Uh, Carolina is so hard to trust. Uh, as I've discussed on the last show, Cam Newton either plays like an MVP or like crap, it seems. Um, and Tampa Bay doesn't have the defense to make him play like crap necessarily, but he's had he's had a real good stretch of games lately. So I guess it's almost I almost feel like it's time to sort of cut that off and have him uh, play one of those crap games and throw for like 230 with a couple picks and people to be like, what's going on with Cam Newton? So uh, I'll agree with you. It's always one quarterback scramble away from being in the tent. Yeah. Uh, always. And and doesn't care. He will stick his head in there and, and get dumpling and does not give a damn because he needs to be the hero and he needs to pretend like he's got that S on his chest. And yeah, he's going to get uh, totally KTFO'd one of these days. We, we both uh, agree with that. On to the late games in the after show. Boy, we we we, we really uh, went on. You know, I we don't did know. Spend a lot of time. We we broke down L.A. New Orleans and Green Bay New England. We did spend a lot of time on those two games, and they deserved it. We also spent 15 minutes talking about how ugly Murga looked on Thursday, so that was part of it too. That that was necessary because <laughs> was, I think historic the level of ineptitude that we saw out on the field. Like we saw, we have seen Owen 16 teams not quit that hard. They at least were that trying. Was, that was mail it in express mode. That was, we'll pay the extra fee to $50 to get it overnighted. That was mailing it in as fast as you possibly could. That was I, I, terrible. I, don't, know. I don't know. We have to have something worse. than, <laughs> than That was worse. That was. I, I tried to make it worse. Mail it in express. I, I don't think I ever pulled that out before. That was that was, that was about what it was. That was mail it in overnight. And not not a not a not an organizational quit either. Where it's like, oh hey, we we know we're we know we're dumping because we want the number one pick, so we're just going to stack everything against the organization. That, no, was, that was just the players I, got off the plane and just decided we're not playing this game. We're we're going to be out here, that, but we're not really playing. That's a quit on the coach. That's what I right. think. They. Do not. No, I agree wonder. with that. They don't respect the coach. No. They don't. They don't like the way he's basically sold off all their best assets. And I think that was the that was the big middle finger. That was Earl Thomas riding off the cart. <laughs> you know, telling everybody they're number one. Yeah. Um, right to the yeah, coach. They probably don't. They probably don't like the way that he came in off the TV booth and thinking he's a, a reality show star. Here we go again with Murga. The guy just yeah. was was on a reality show and he's going to come in and, and decide that he's going to do the job and he's got all these great ideas and they're shit. But he doesn't know that and he won't and he won't admit it. So guess what? He's in this bubble and believes his own hype and he, he's ah. super bold and you know. So so guess what? High turnover uh, in the uh, in the in the Oval Office and high turnover in the Raiders locker room. Boy, the the similarities just keep piling up. Don't they? <laughs> It is Murga, Murga. <laughs> the parallels are endless. 
between what we have going on there. Even even Colin the Coward's bitch, whoever she is, even she recognizes that. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. She's a good-looking gal. She seems like she knows what she's talking about. Now, I don't know if it's all being you know fed in the ear that you don't see. Right. Yeah, who knows with these things? Not not uh, not unpleasant to, to look at. I'll say that. Oh, she couldn't be. She wouldn't be there if she wasn't unpleasant. If she wasn't unpleasant to look at. Of these shows, though, any of the back all the way back from like your first in pizza days, or uh-huh. where it's white that guy, blonde chick in the middle, or you know, the, all these shows, you know. Actually, um, remember the first incarnation was uh, was it first and ten or co- when it was actually cold pizza and it was Jay Crawford and two chicks. So it was totally flipped around. It was the guy kind of sitting there scratching his nuts, and the two chicks kind of took taking over. <laughs> And, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it actually got flipped when they started having to have the two guys yelling at each other. It was a much more pleasant show when it was just cold pizza. When when they started going in the first and Negro, that's when it started flipping around. That, that's. <laughs> I, I yeah. actually like the the old the first version better. Okay, well that's because cold pizza was trying to actually be like a Good Morning America type show, except more yeah like yeah. And now all the shows have devolved into, you know, black guy, Skip Bayless, and a chick. <laughs> yeah, they were the or, cold piece was trying to be like Regis and, and Kathy yeah. Lee and whatnot. Yeah, or, and, or Stephen A. Smith, white guy, and a chick. And it devolved into uh, CNN. And I don't know how, I don't know why that flip got made, but I... Yeah. And where where one guy has to clearly take the anti position, no matter yeah. what, which is why I've always respected the shows like the PTIs, you know, because they they both agree. They they make they manufacture oh, yeah. arguments, but they sort of know it and they wink yeah. and nod at it. But it's okay uh, sometimes to disagree with something. You and I have had some, you know, we, yeah, we've had some very boring episodes of this show, uh, like our football and baseball previews. <laughs> <laughs> where basically by the end of the show we've agreed on everything, but at least it's genuine. Right, but if we were on ESPN, the producer would have taken us aside and said, "Okay, this looks too similar. One of you got to pick something else here. We we can't add this." So we, it would have gotten changed. Trust me, it would have. Got to have conflict. It's all about conflict. Uh, but so that was a little bit of uh, uh, non sequitur. Well, it's okay um, now because we're in the after show. Now, now we're getting back to the way we used to do picks. Like, what game are we talking about again? <laughs> exactly. When we've, all these years, uh, 30 some odd years, we've been doing picks. And we're on the phone and we'll uh, just break off because one game is so boring that we just decide to start talking about something else. And a half hour later, we get back to the picks. So people are now getting a taste of what it was actually like when this was just straight free form. Yeah. It really we got works. an hour. We got time to kill. I guess after six years, we're finally getting comfortable at this. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what that means. I don't know. It means you need to start just scheduling the, sh- the pick shows for the two hours, and we can just do the whole thing freeform now. Oh my God, two hours live! So if we, you know, if we did two hours live, that guy that picks at ninety seconds at the end of two hours. If we were two hours live, that guy that was calling in would keep calling in because after I did my little thing and told him to call back on the, on our next show, he kept he called uh, back again. Or you, would have, or you would have answered the phone. I'm still worried that right. we, we, we haven't heard from Bryce from Brooklyn for a long time. No, we we tried to send it? a wellness check yeah. up there, and uh, I don't oh. think it went too well. <sighs> oh, well. 
If, if, you know what? I got a feeling if they like go on a long winning streak, he'll be back. Oh, sure. he, he, yeah, he's one of those fans. Yeah, he was a little front runner, but you know, yeah. from front runner in him, but he, that's okay. He definitely wore his his fandom on his sleeve. I'll, I'll take him over the Mike Mitchell guy. Of course. But yeah, think about it. We haven't heard a peep from him since the Jacksonville game. Because think about how devastating that had to be. Yeah, yeah, the playoff one, right? Yeah, yeah. The Jaguars come up in your house in the playoffs and just whoop your ass. I believe we won't add. Yeah, that that knocked him right on out. So wherever you are, Bryce, we miss you. You can uh, you're you're welcome back anytime because you actually knew what you were talking about and. Uh, the, the Steelers are going to be okay. It's going to be all right. You know, they, they I, mean, be... I feel better about it. I picked against them this week, but they, they've <laughs> impressed more this year than they had in years past. They have not gone full Steeler yet this year and blown a game against a team they had no business losing to. Tried. They definitely tried with that, that tie. Right. But, yeah, they haven't had just a completely inferior opponent just show up and punch them in the face yet. It'll happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Not to my recollection. They've they've impressed me with uh, Baby Terminator, what he's been doing, and he's also impressed me that they seem to have somewhat shored up their run defense uh, after uh, Brian Shazier got hurt. They were just getting ran over by everybody. Every living soul was running them down, and they seem to have sort of stabilized that this year. So that's impressed me as well. So I guess we should get back to the rest of the game. We only got, we only got three. Why not? Uh, the late games, the Clippers and the Seahawks. Uh, you were talking about L.A. being favored twice on the road, both L.A. Yeah. teams, even though L.A. doesn't want either one of the teams in the city. Uh, I guess they want the Rams now, of course. Uh, they love the Rams. They, oh, yeah. Yeah, they love the Rams now, yeah. What's the over-under uh, how many more years it is before the Chargers end up back in San Diego? That I don't think is ever going to happen. You know, uh, it's, it's a, it was. I think it was that bad of a breakup that they're, they're not going oh. back there. So I, I don't know. There's uh, fans down there, though. I think they'd welcome them back. I know the city, they left because they wouldn't build them a new stadium. Oh. Well, I think it's sort of like the NBA. And uh, if the Thunder were ever to crater in Oklahoma City, uh, there are a lot of Sonics fans in Seattle that would want them I back. But there's, there's a lot. Back. There's a lot that that were so hurt by the way it it broke down that they're just like, no, we're done with you. You're dead to me. Yeah, you don't want to go and say things like how they cratered in Oklahoma City. It's like going and saying they bombed in Oklahoma City. Yeah, you got to be careful with that one. See, I wasn't even thinking about that. I had the guy who found out a team was moving to Oklahoma City and thought they should be called the Bombers. That's awful. (laughs) That's awful, even for us. That's (laughs) sorry by our standards. Hey, hey! For me, that's that's decades now. Yeah, no, I I remember it, but it's awful. That that's bad. (laughs) It's still bad after all these years. Yeah, yeah, still too soon. Okay. Um. Anyway. It really is like uh, Kings of Non Sequitur. Uh, but the 5-2 and two, uh, Los Angeles Chargers coming off their bye, off of their England trip, are one-point favorites. They're a favorite. It's only one point. 
uh, one point favors on the road at the four and three Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, if we had like a production staff, it wasn't us. Um, I'd love be to looking go through the window like, what are you guys doing? What the I'd hell? Love, not just that. I'd love to go back and look and see when was the last time both LA teams, like when LA had two <laughs> football teams and they were both road favorites. When was the last time that happened? Um, and as I did with the other one, I'm picking against this one. So I'm going to take the Seahawks here to win at home um, over the Chargers. I, Seahawks are a very good team at home. Uh, we just did our reel at fake. And I, I, I've been somewhat impressed. I think Russell Wilson is quietly having one of his better seasons. The Seahawks have been able to run the ball a little bit. Um, and their defense isn't the legion of boom, but it hasn't quite been legion of room. It's It's been aight, right? It's, it's not like one extreme <laughs> I think that's good enough to beat the Chargers. I'm not sure if they're real or fake. I don't know what to make of the Chargers. They should have lost in London. I never am sure of the Chargers. Uh, Well, actually, I am sure of the Chargers. I'm sure that in the end, they will eventually make themselves out to be fake. I don't know how many wins they'll rack up before that, but eventually when the playoffs come, they will find themselves, they will show themselves out uh, stage left. They, They will always do that. Uh, but before that, uh, they seem to be, I don't want to say a different team this year, but they have a little extra oomph this year. And I'm going to actually take them to go into Seattle and win. And that's uh, a big deal for me because I'm not the guy that picks against Seattle at home. Usually I'm the one that gives them the benefit of the doubt all the time. Uh, yeah. but, for, hard for, way. <laughs> but for this game, uh, Melvin Gordon returns from injury for the Chargers, so they'll be back to full strength in their backfield. They've had uh, incredible success from Austin Eckler, the backup running back. They, that's been a hell of a one-two combination. Um, I don't think Seattle's going to do much to stop them. They haven't really stopped the run much this year. Um, and Chris Carson has been a, a revelation running the ball for Seattle and really leading them and opening up their offense, but he's dinged up now, so – uh, I think that might take a step back, and I'm going to take the Chargers uh, in this matchup. Uh, I don't like to pick very much, but uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers off the bye. Oh, all right. Yeah, so you're just not high in your confidence pool is what you're saying. Not at all, no. Uh, this one, neither would this one be. Houston versus Denver, the 5-3 and three Texans and the 3-5 and five Broncos. And uh, the uh, this is usually something that happens in baseball all the time where you get the guy that gets traded – from one team to the other, but the new team, team two, just happens to be playing in the city of team one. So the guy immediately gets to play in the old stadium. All he has to do is cross over the field and go to the other locker room, but he doesn't have to actually leave the building at all. So Demarius Thomas gets traded from Denver to Houston, and the first game for Houston is at Denver. So he gets to immediately come back and soak up the adulation of the tens and tens and tens of tens of people that will be cheering for him. Uh, anyway, uh, Houston at five and three, they're only a one point underdog, uh, at three and five Denver. Yeah. I like the way Houston's been playing the last few games. I think, uh, after Deshaun Watson started the season, coming back from injury a little bit slow, that offense has really started to kick it in. They, they put on a clinic in that Thursday night game with the refs completely against them. Uh, that Thursday night game against Miami, the, the Texans, uh, managed to put up 42 on them and probably should have put up more. Um, if it hadn't been for the zebras, um, and I think Houston, I think Houston is every bit as good as we thought they'd be going into the season. I had them going to the playoffs. I think you may have as well. Um, I believe I did. 
yeah, I'm pretty sure I, that we both. I know we both liked them because uh, I know how impressed we were last season with Deshaun Watson. And Demarius Thomas leaves one side, goes to the other, so it hurts Denver's passing offense a little bit. Helps Houston's passing offense some. Uh, I don't think he's not Will Fuller, but Will Fuller is not Will Fuller most of the time either because he never plays. But at least Demarius yeah. Thomas out there and healthy and playing. Uh, and I, I did say it on the last show, and I'm going to double down and said, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, best receiver in the NFL. I, I totally believe that because he has done it with some bad quarterbacks. I mean, really bad quarterbacks. And he just he makes plays that just makes your jaw drop. He's not Antonio Brown who's got Roethlisberger throwing him the ball. Uh, or Julio Jones, who's had Matt Ryan, like with competent NFL quarterbacks. I mean, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is produced with Tom Savage. So I do believe he is the If he had a, a top grade quarterback, talk about all the what ifs for Aaron Rodgers and all the goat talk that we had going on this week. What if DeAndre Hopkins had a, a competent NFL quarterback for his whole career? He'd be, he'd be lighting the world on fire. And Deshaun Watson seems to be that guy because he can find dudes deep. And uh, I think Houston goes into Denver here and wins the game. I concur. I've, I've also been very impressed by the, the turnaround, the rebound from 0-3 to now 5-3. and It's hard to not be impressed by that. Um, I think that rebound has been predicated on protecting Deshaun Watson. So uh, that's why this is not high on my confidence pool because Von Miller awaits, and that might be the thing that sort of wrecks the uh, the Texans and puts them back down uh uh, on the losing streak, but I think they're going to uh, protect Watson from Von Miller. I think they know what's coming, and I think they know that they have to do all they can to make sure that Von doesn't come sit on his head, uh, or else that's going to be the end of that. Um, but yeah, the acquisition of Demarius Thomas is almost a stroke of genius because you're taking a guy to immediately fill in the role that Will Fuller was was filling as the the other guy, as the guy that is opposite of, of Duke Hopkins and takes the attention away from Duke Hopkins and lets him get freed up to do what he can do. And you lose Will Fuller. And now you can immediately stick Demarius Thomas in there to be that guy. And it takes the pressure off of Demarius Thomas because now he's not the number one guy. I, I understand that by production, Emmanuel Sanders had probably passed him as the number one guy in Denver, but I still sort of saw him as the, the ace of the team as the number one guy of the Broncos. And now he doesn't, have to be the number one guy of the Texans. He's very clearly the number two guy. So maybe that'll do something for his nervousness and the way that he used to drop the ball early in games all the time. Uh, maybe that'll take some of the edge off and, and be a, a good acquisition for the Texans. So I'm going to agree with you and take Houston on the road at Denver. And you'd also expect that Demarius Thomas is going to be drawing less coverage now. So he'll he'll be more open because everybody's going to be worried about DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, you, you can't leave, you can't roll coverage to Thomas and, and leave Hopkins exposed because that's just a recipe to get beat badly. Yeah. Uh, one more game to do Monday night football, uh, Tennessee and Dallas. And this one is curious because they're both got the same record at three and four and they're both coming off the bye and, and, in a perfect scheduling world, I really would love every team that comes off the bye to play against another team coming off the bye and make things even like that. But, uh, of course, it's not a perfect world. But this is the rare time you get that matchup. Both teams off the bye. Tennessee, three and four. Four-point underdogs on the road at three and four. Dallas with their first game with their new acquisition, Amari Cooper. Yeah. 
Yeah, this begins the no excuses era for the Dallas mm-hmm. Cowboys, right? This is the no excuses for Dak Prescott, no excuses for Jason Garrett. You've now got a top flight wide receiver. You've got the, the one of the best running backs, one of the best offensive lines. Absolutely no excuses. So, yeah, the Cowboys will lose. I'll take the Titans to win. <laughs> because their coach is still shit for brains and yeah, he's going to try to. Quarterback and Jason Garrett is still their head coach. It's exactly what know. I have written down. No. <laughs> so they won't know what to do with all these weapons, and it'll look like a complete mess. And the Tennessee Titans sneak away with a like a real cheap victory. Win and ugly. It's back. Back to win and ugly. Back to win and ugly. I'll tell you exactly what I have written verbatim for my note for for this game. Both oh, off no. by. Comma, Amari Cooper debut versus inconsistent Tennessee DBs. Comma, but the QB is still Dak and the coach is still Jason Garrett. That's like I could have written your notes for you. There it is. Wow. So I can I concur and I also take Tennessee. Yeah, I, I had contemplated having Tennessee. Just I mean, obviously I've got them covering no matter what because I've got them winning. I could see Dallas winning this and not covering also, because Tennessee is also good mm-hmm. at losing. Yeah, losing late, yeah. Yeah, the common word for this game will be ugly. This game will be ugly. This is not This is not two great teams. I know they're going to hype up all the moves and, and the Cowboys, because that's you know, America's team and all that yada yada BS. But even if they win, they're 500. They're not going anywhere. No. So the, and the Titans actually by going to four and four keep themselves at least in the conversation because they're in a bad division. Although I think Houston has you know with that five game win streak that we both say we think could go to six, um, they could be in a position of running out three games clear if Tennessee loses and the Texans win. They'll be three games clear of everybody in that division if they win that game with seven weeks to go. That's a great advantage. I don't just don't know if I can trust Houston to keep that advantage. You can you can beat three clear three clear halfway through oh, the year and, and manage to lose that. You can, but who's in that division is going to make up three games? If if we get to that point, now we both we like Tennessee here, but which would keep them a game potentially two games back. But I mean, do we trust anybody in that division? Do we trust was Andrew Luck? Is it going to be Jacksonville? Oh God. I certainly can't say I trust Jacksonville, but if that defense wakes up from their by and turns it up the way they're supposed to, they can run the table. And we both, I know we both said we expect Jacksonville to come off the bye and just go on a tear. Yes. And hell, maybe trading Dante Fowler is a bit of a wake-up call. Maybe that they yeah. come back and they got a guy missing and they're like, okay, it's, it's real now because we done fucked around so much that they're getting rid of people. We we really got to step it up. Yeah, now the Fowler trade did not, that was one of the trades though that did not feel like a dump. No, that felt like he's underachieving and they're just getting right. rid of him because they don't right. want to keep him around. They, they got somebody else they need to give playing time to and they've and just, that, they're that, just done with him. That, that was more like a we're done with you type trade. Yes, you're dead to me. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. Ha Ha Clinton Dix who actually produces. Right, that was a Golden Tate who was your best receiver. Right. Yeah, not that either. Yeah. It was Amari Cooper. 
That's a whole different situation. Uh, that, we, that's that's a different circumstance altogether. They cut Bruce Irvin today. Just getting rid of everybody. What what did, what did Roto World call it? Uh, clearing the deck, or uh, I forget the phrase that they use for uh, for when they uh, for Oakland cut Bruce Irvin. But it's like the you know obviously it's it's to a point where everything everything must go. It's an it's an everything must go sale. Yeah, and um, I don't. Oh, burn it down is what Roto World said. <laughs> burn it down. That's beyond. Burn it down. Death. Raiders released the E Bruce Irvin. <laughs> burn baby burn oh my goodness I'm old you, you've got to get to the point now where you've probably got a faction in that locker room that is completely anti-Gruden and anti-Murga here and I think you're going to see that with all the moves they make this off season because all these guys are going to be gone he's not just when blowing I want to know, up. he's blowing it all this is nuclear this is Chernobyl what I want to know is Who's still on his side at this point? Who thinks that yeah. this is good? The owner. Yeah, but the owner's a fucking moron. Uh, yeah. See? <laughs> yeah, <that works. laughs> he obviously, he's a moron. He gave him ten and a hundred. <laughs> so I mean, that, uh, he's it's the, it's the what do we what do you call it? You call it what do you, what do you, you always call it star fucking right? Yeah, exactly. That was not uh, that was not a guy that was a, an up and coming coach that was on the on the rise and had a grasp of the NFL. This is just a guy that won a, a lot of games and won a title and had a face that people remember. And it was on TV all the time. He was a reality show yeah. star. Yeah. I mean, you know, Gruden's doing his best. Uh, you know. Uh, Heath Ledger in the the Dark Knight Joker right now. He's just he's standing in front of the huge pile of money, just burning it, just burning the whole city down, just because he can. Burn it down, baby. So now he's gone from being Murga and Trump to the Joker. Uh, what what's happening over there is uh, lending itself to a lot of different comparisons because, like we said. It, it, it's fun we haven't seen anything quite like that. It's fun to talk about, but it's hard to watch. Oh, it is very, very hard to watch. I can, can you imagine being a Raiders fan and watching this? Like, what the fuck? Exactly how I started this show. I mean, if you are a Raiders fan, you need to be in, in like full revolt here. This is this. You're gonna get to the point. This is gonna be pitchforks. You, you're right. It should be. Uh, it's it, as far as I'm concerned. It's brown paper bag time. It's. Uh, what was the, the Cleveland Browns fans had the brown paper bags? Uh, I think it's about that bad. That was the Saints. The Saints were the original. Ah. Uh, back in the 70s, uh, I believe that was the Saints with the brown paper bags. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those Saints teams of the 70s? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the eights. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's about that time. I think it's uh, when you show up with all that Raider gear and the spike shoulder pads and a brown paper bag over your face, I think that's exactly the right statement that you should be making. And I mean, I'm looking at the uh, remainder here of the Raiders schedule. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if there's a win. Maybe, maybe at Arizona, maybe, maybe, maybe. And that's a stretch. You see, they cut, they cut Sam Bradford today. Your boy. (laughs) 
I saw that. <laughs> well, I'm laughing because that the Roto World note on that was hilarious too. It was uh, all time were, uh, all time completion percentage leader Sam Bradford. <laughs> it was actually the the next note after that oh, after the official yeah. cutting. It was a note that was reporting. Uh, that Diana Rossini was reporting that the Giants have officially said that they're not interested in pursuing Sam Bradford. Apparently, that was the first question that came out after Sam Bradford's releases. Hey, the Giants have a quarterback issue. Maybe they need to. And Why would apparently be a bill right now? They immediately said that we're not interested. And the Roto World notes just right below that. All it said was, "Well, they should be." Oh. <laughs> That ooh, a little little Eli Manning uh, hate there, huh? Uh, yeah, a lot. Yeah, that that was that, that's pretty uh, snarky for them. But it, hey, it, 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 they got writing for them. maybe the person they have writing for them on the weekend uh, the has got a little bit fan. more, you know, like a little little piss and vinegar or something. But uh, yeah, mm. I'm looking at the Raiders' remaining schedule here, and you've got Chargers at Cardinals at Ravens. Chiefs, Steelers ooh, at ooh. Bengals, Broncos at Chiefs. Uh, ooh. That's maybe one, right? Maybe. Uh, Broncos, maybe. Uh, would you say Bengals? Uh, Andy Dalton can throw a game away. Uh, at so Bengals? Did you see they're going on the road to Cincinnati and winning? You've seen Andy Dalton play some shit games before. You're, yeah. We're just talking about maybes. I'm not saying that they're, they're, those are yeah. definite. I'm, we're just talking about maybes. The, the okay. Chiefs is not a maybe. The Steelers is not a maybe. I don't even know if maybe the Broncos. Maybe, but that's, that's also, get this, that's Monday Night Football on Christmas Eve. Nah. Um, I don't think I'll be watching that. <laughs> I yeah, forgot I'll be, on the, I'll be on the boat. I can't watch that, so oh, never mind. Yeah family over that night because I'm all we actually I don't have to work on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day so I'll have a couple of you know a couple nice holiday home with the family and I don't think I'm watching that I mean I might pull out my phone and check the score and that'll all be based on if how we how we go on this game you know how how we agree or disagree but Mm -hmm. I I, there's a a Steelers uh, Steelers um Raiders game on a Sunday night coming up in December. That's getting. I'm surprised that hasn't been flexed yet. Oh, it will be. Uh, they, they, could, they were trying to get the Niners out of prime time. The they Raiders. flexed that so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Made your head spin. So they're they're gonna get to it. They just don't have the burning need to do it like they did the, the moment that Garoppolo got hurt. I just hope they don't flex in Packers Falcons because I'm going to that game. Oh, I don't want yeah, to that... go to a Sunday night game at Lambeau in December. I at least want there to be some chance that there's sunshine. Yeah, you'd have to slide home in the ice after that at night and go to work the next morning and all. No, I have to work the next day. Uh, I'll be oh, off okay. the next. But my wife will have to work, so that you're, you're right. Oh, speaking of which, we're getting snow tonight. Oh God. Yeah, we're yeah. under a winter. Advisory. We could get like one to four inches of snow between today uh, and tomorrow. Winter is don't coming. Miss that. Definitely do not miss that. We've already had 
one snowfall where it like accumulated on the grass, but this is the first one where they're actually being like, yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be cold enough where it'll accumulate. It's supposed to start here overnight. And, um, they say in three o'clock in the morning, I'm assuming that's after the time change, <laughs> you know, that that's what the three o'clock they meant. Or uh, it might be, or the second three o'clock, you got two of them there. It would be so awesome getting off work tomorrow at 5 o'clock. And, yeah, I'm pretty far north compared to where you are. It gets darker early. No, I, I understand. I remember. Trust me. I remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah winter <laughs> is special up here. Mm-hmm. You have, you have days where you're, like, in the twilight uh, in December where it's starting to be, like, 3.30, 3.45, and the sun's starting to peek down behind the, the horizon. You're like, oh, my God. Yes, that, believe me. I definitely remember that. But – being down here in the South, I'm just so, and it's not just, well, it's not just about being in the South, but my work schedule, my hours are such that I get up, uh, I, I get up at five now cause I work at seven in the morning oh, sure. and I'm looking forward to this time change just so I can stop driving to work in the dark. Cause I hate driving to work in the dark. I'm groggy. I'm sleepy. I, I don't make coffee here at home before I go in. I, I need to start doing that apparently, but, uh, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a hundred percent when I'm driving in and it's dark and people are crazy and they will cut you off and, and do all sorts of crazy shit out there. I hate driving to work in the dark in the morning. And so I'm just looking forward to the time change just so I can actually have a little daylight when I drive to work in the morning. Just a little. Yeah. And Memphis driving can be special. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, Chicago driving of course is absolutely batshit crazy so uh, i can't really uh, no. minnesota minneapolis is the worst really oh yeah minnesota drivers they're the worst minnesota drivers are 100 times worse than chicago chicago drivers are just you know like fast they're, they're speed demons minnesota drivers are fast and stupid <laughs> they're just bad oh, drivers yeah. Chicago drivers, the, the problem with them is they're fast and they know how to reach out of the window with a gun and shoot while they're driving, which is really like, I know that's a skill, but that's not, that's not fun. It's not so much of a Chicago thing. That was like always an L.A. thing, right? The drive-by shootings and road rage. Well, the drive-by shooting, maybe, but the, the, the driving on the expressway is, a, is definitely a Chicago thing, driving on the expressway while shooting. That that Dan Ryan is to me while I was driving. Well, you weren't on the Dan Ryan. Oh God, no! Why would I drive on the? <laughs> I mean, because that's where the that's where the shootings are occurring. That's what I'm talking about. So no, you no, you're, you're not familiar with that. In Chicago is stay off the expressway. That's probably a good rule, yeah. yeah but sometimes you can't you can't avoid. It. Two o'clock in the morning. There's nobody else out there. It's great. You can get from the you know the loop down to ninety fifth in like eight minutes, right? But any other time, yeah, it, it's a mess, and people ex- got to a new level of road rage where they just exploded and started pulling out firearms. And oh, okay, it's like yeah, it, it's a it's a regular thing. And believe it or not, they've actually started doing that a couple times here in Memphis. And no, I'm like, why? really? I guess okay, but I'm like on the 240 or something. I mean, yeah. That, that's, oh wow, 
I'm like, what the fuck? Those are probably Chicago people that just moved down here or were traveling through here. Wow, you went there. <laughs> yes, I did. Because I'm not. I, I know we got criminals here in Memphis, but the the shooting on the expressway while driving—that's a Chicago thing normally. But yeah, they've started to to do that here too. Uh, but even with that, I still would say Chicago drivers are crazier than Memphis drivers. There, there's speed demons here too, but Chicago is another level. Like everybody in Chicago is trying to get past you all at the same time. Everybody. At least down here, there's a couple of old ladies that can get behind and be like, okay, I'm puttering along, but at least, you know, I'm not the only one. But Chicago, it felt like if I was going 65, I was the only one going 65. Everybody was going around me. Yeah, no, that's the tri-state. If you're on the tri-state and you're not doing 85, you're just, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> if you're not going to do 85, just don't get on it. Right. No, I, I generally did uh, try to avoid uh, the expressways up there in Chicago when I was visiting uh, the last couple of years, but you, you can't avoid it if you're doing like what I was doing, which is leading from my uncle's house to go to the draft, to the baseball draft, yeah. to where you guys are. You have to get on the expressway or else it would have taken me three and a half hours. So it was yeah. unavoidable. Oh well, well, yeah, but the time of day that you're leaving, there's no, there's not so bad. You're not going to get shot on a Saturday morning driving up the Ryan. Famous last words. You're not going to get shot on a Uh-oh. Saturday morning. We'll find out because I'm assuming you're going to attempt to make the trip this next year. Yes, uh, I intend to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to wreck the title. That's right. You you won without me, so I have to come up and bust everything yeah, up now. Yeah, sit down and be like, I am ending this shit right now. Yes, I am. No. <laughs> My Al Sharpton suit and everything. Oh, man. You got to retire that thing. I, the, the rule still stands. I have to wear it there because there's nowhere else for me to wear it. And I literally have not worn it since the last time I was up there. Two years ago. We're three-time champions now. Yes, we are. It feels good. They had to... They actually had the trophy um, at the draft this last time, and we were on it twice. I was like, oh, all right. Of course, it feels good to be the, the chance. All that work you, you put in, all the research and whatnot, it absolutely yeah, feels good for it to. Because that pays. Exactly. Well, if, if this show paid, we would do a lot more research for it, too. Wants to throw a boatload of cash at us? I will research the shit out of the NFL for my picks. Fuck yeah, we can do as good as the the Callan Coward chick. I'm sure we don't yeah. look like her, so we're never going to get that gig. No. But no, no, there was another uh, spot on his show. This uh, I think it was the same day where he was bagging on Cam Newton a bit. You know, they do the thing where they put up Cam Newton stats and then they put up a guy who's got very similar stats, but they don't tell you who he is. Oh, and it's some buster. Well, it's funny because it was like, uh, the, you know, they put up a guy at about the same, almost exact stats, same amount of passing yards, same amount of rushing yards, same quarterback rating, same completion percentage. They, like, they could have been like clones of Cam Newton. And when they, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm thinking who would be a Cam Newton clone, like Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. It was Mitchell Trubisky. Nah. <laughs> And that was basically, and I got the point that Coward was trying to make. Like, all the people who were talking about Cam Newton for MVP just need to shut the hell up. Right. And, and, which that, I well, agree. That's, that's like a straw man argument, because uh, I don't know how many is. people are out 
clamoring for Cam Newton to be MVP. But absolutely, yeah, no, that's one hundred percent correct. Is that that's his shtick? Is is pick yeah. the the black guy that's uh, that he doesn't like his attitude and then poke holes in him. That's his whole. Thing. That's why I don't listen to Coward or watch him or anything. Yeah, but set up the set up the argument to support your position and and mm-hmm. you know fine and you know and make it sound like well they you know what they say no no I don't know what who's they somebody needs to tell me who they are. Uh, again, back to the president. They say that's also like all of Twitter. They said something about oh, this people. guy. People, people, people say. Like, oh, and it's not, and that's not a a you know, that's not a one side or the other problem. That's both sides' problem. That's everybody. That's everybody. That is everybody there. So there's so much, uh, or for you people who say such and such, they, they just set up the straw man just to knock it down. I, I've I've seen that from so much, uh, from so many people, so many times, so much just with that where it's the, they they put up the argument just to knock it down and go, ah, look at me. <laughs> yeah, I see that from everybody. That's that's basically I just I just described Twitter. I, I, like I said, I try to not follow the people that do stuff like that because it's aggravating as hell. So I, I my timeline, one, I had one. You had one, and it was about a, I don't know, three or four weeks ago that you that you reposted from somebody that was just a total straw man argument. I didn't point it out because I, you know, I didn't want to go there. But yeah, you you basically posted something that somebody had said, and it was a complete. It was a complete straw man argument. Like they, they basically just said, you know, with no like actual like, there's anybody who's really said this. You know, I'm sure there were or like five idiots on Twitter who probably said this thing. But basically, they were like, well, for you people who say this, blah 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 blah. And I'm going to show you how tough I am. And then you know, and then they shot it down. Like, yeah, wow, look at me. And I was like, oh god, yeah, straw man argument. But that's all, but that's all of Twitter. Yeah, I'm sure I'm guilty of that. But yeah, no, it wasn't when. Was like you reposted somebody who did right. it. So you liked it. You liked what somebody had done, which was basically them showing how tough they were by knocking down a, a phony argument that that I hadn't seen anybody say. But I also don't follow the people who tend to say those things either way. Right. No, I just uh, sort of, you know that's, that's when that's when spot to be in. yeah when when someone says something that's just totally wrong or stupid and someone else has a, a, a good comeback to rebute it or, re, you know, rebut it. Yeah. Uh, I, I will, will pay attention to that. And, and cause anytime someone is, is speaking to something wrong by saying something right. Um, I, I tend to like that and, and uh, try to highlight that because we need more of that. We need more truth to rebut some of the garbage that's out there. So there's a lot of uh, garbage out there. There's a lot of garbage out there. Um, but no, you're you're right. If I'd spend all my time uh, liking people who rebuke garbage, then that's all I would be doing all day. Because it's a lot of that too. Like, 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 yeah, my my Twitter would be exploding. Andre, like, like, oh my god! <laughs> Did you not, you know, like liking any of the red circle, red arrow posts or any of that, or you know? <laughs> I told you, no. my, right? like, I won't watch any top ten lists on anything right. anymore. And I won't watch any video on YouTube that the screenshot captured to get you to click on the video is a big red uh, circle with an arrow pointing at something. 
I, I no, just that, that is... like it takes a lot of discipline because every once in a while there's an article you're like, oh, that's intro. Oh, nope, I can't do it. You tried to clickbait. Nope, definitely not doing that either. I, I I'll scroll and sort of laugh at some of the things because they get more and more desperate. I'm, I'm oh. still not clicking on any of them, but it's just funny to see how now some of them they'll take like a big bosomed woman in a bikini, just complete random woman, and go, "You won't yeah. believe what she did at the beach" or something like that. I'm like, okay, so yeah, uh, obviously you're going for the for the 14 year old boy. Oh. Yeah. No adult should be clicking on something like that. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> If you want to see tits, there's so many places to go see tits. You don't have to click on that crap. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting on my couch the other day, and my wife was watching TV. And even online now, it's like if you know, we're streaming a show, and the first, like, two minutes are all political ads. I'm like, oh, my God, this has even crept into the Internet now. See, I didn't know how bad it's gotten around the country. I know here in Tennessee it's unbelievable. I've never yeah. in my life... Yeah, we the governor's up this year, so he's he's a yeah. pretty well guy. I mean, they tried to remove him from, they tried to recall him. Right, I remember um, that. Oh, he was like the first governor to ever beat a recall, ever. So, and so they're yeah, now they vote him out, so they're all over. It's all, yeah. you know, yeah. So that's just it's nonstop. And Wisconsin, yeah, I didn't... It's, it's an interesting state for politics. But I didn't know it was that bad everywhere. The the, the last few yeah. months has just been, yeah, like you said, two minutes of political ads, like one after the other after the other after. The, I've never seen that. Um, yeah. So, so now you're telling me about Wisconsin. Then I, just today I saw. Um, I, I'm usually not home on Saturdays. Uh, I'm usually working, but I had today off, so I was catching a very small amount of college football. So I turn on SEC Network, which we get down here being in, in SEC country, I guess, oh, even though yeah. the you know University of Memphis is nowhere near the SEC, but uh, huh. Tennessee, the, the you know University of Tennessee is, and, and Ole Miss is is actually closer to Memphis than University of Tennessee. Uh, but anyway, so I'm watching SEC Network, and I guess they were showing a Florida game. They're showing University of Florida football. Commercial after commercial after commercial about Florida candidates, and, and I'm like, oh my god, it's it's everywhere. I can't, I yeah. couldn't believe it. Like two minutes of, of political ads about Florida candidates, and they were even worse than the Tennessee ads. One of them was they played, uh, they basically played Family Feud, and they said, here's the this candidate, uh, top five reasons that they need to be whatever removed, and you know they ran off the five whatever uh, garbage things that they were saying about them. And they got the big red, red X up at the end of it. This candidate is all wrong for Florida. And they got the, the buzzer. And I'm like, Oh my God, are you serious? I wonder why people don't vote. <laughs> yeah. That's not making me run, get up to go to, uh, to the poll to see something like that. When you got the, you literally got the family feud buzzer as it. And I'm like, did, did, why would I vote for this candidate? That would have that would be in charge of right. that. That doesn't make me want to vote for them at all. So, but I, I didn't know it was that bad everywhere. But apparently it is. Yeah, no, I, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm preparing for like with all the with all the coverage of oh, it's like the the life altering midterm. I'm like, really, it's the midterms. 
<laughs> it's the midterms. The most I mean, important midterms of your lives. Traditionally, the party in power or the party of the president loses seats all the time in a midterm. It happened to Obama twice. It happened to Bush. It happens to everybody. But if it happens to Trump, oh, my God, the country is rebuked. Not, I, just, I, I hear it now. Whether you disagree with it or not, it's just historically the norm that this is going to happen, that like so the Democrats will pick up seats because statistics say it's going to happen. I just I am just waiting for the, my phone to be blowing up with all the people like, ah, take that Trump. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, because now it's about the resistance. Yeah. You know, yeah. This is what happens when you just have a two party system. This is not this is not federally mandated. This is not a constitutional thing that says we only have to have two parties. It's just sort of devolved into us just having two. And it's just like a pendulum swing. You swing one way. So you can't swing too far one way or the other. You can't go too far liberal or too far conservative because there's always going to be that opposing force. It's That's why this is just the human nature that everything sort of moves towards the middle. So, you know, you've got Trump's in power and the Republicans control everything. So it's going to naturally swing to the middle. Which means it's gonna, you know, and it's always trying to balance itself out. It's all that's happening. It's just the way of things. But I'm preparing for the whole. Uh, it's rebuke. <laughs> it's all you're gonna hear. Right. It's all you're gonna hear. Oh my god! <laughs> or, or, or if by somehow, if somehow uh, it doesn't happen out that way, let's say that the Republicans don't lose like total power, but they may lose a few seats, but they don't lose control of everything. It'll be the Russians. Guarantee you, it's the Russians. <laughs> They're going to they dig that. It again. Oh, my God. It's the Russians. It's always the Russians. So I'm, I'm totally prepared. Because I watch the news and I follow stuff. You know, I try to be somewhat educated on these things and, you know, watch the news and, and read and do those things. But it's just it's so hard because, you know, we've talked about that on this show where there is nothing that you can't read anymore and point out the obvious slant. Yeah, and you can tell where everyone's coming from pretty much oh, in the yeah. first sentence, right? Here's what happened. Here's what happened. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Okay, and now I will make up my own mind. Nobody does that anymore. The the, the emotionally charged words that they put into everything. My My new favorite term, though, that has just – my new favorite term for good or for bad is dog whistle. Oh, God, is that – that is my new favorite term. Everything is a racist dog whistle now. Everything. It's uh, it's it, there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, but I mean, there's everything is just being pointed that way. If anybody says anything about anything, it's now a racist dog whistle. What I just said is probably a racist dog whistle to somebody. See, because I can tell, I can tell, I knew what you meant by that. I just did it. I just did it. It's Zeke Heil. I, I know what you mean. Uh huh. I knew what you meant. <laughs> no, I just said it's my new favorite term because it's just you talk about it. It's the way it's being used about everything. Anybody talks about anything is a dog whistle to somebody, huh? Okay. So and so said this. So therefore, what we're going to do is we're going to break down the words, and we're going to go. Okay, well, these, what they're really saying is a message to somebody. Aha! Look at this. Oh, come on. That would that would require a level of intelligence that I don't think most of these people have. Well, that's where I uh, have a lot of uh, issues with a lot of these people that say things and they don't say what they really mean. That's if we just would that's be honest and say, I'm, I'm talking about 
No, the normal people though, not just politicians, oh. just everybody, yeah. everyday people. Right. Just right. So the whole idea is instead of just coming out and saying, "Hey, why are you saying that?" They they kind of try to do it like serotypically, you know. They they try to do it like, oh, you know, well, so and so, and this is this is that, and we think what they meant was this, but they don't go all the way and say like you're just that, you're you're just being racist, you're just being this, you're yeah. It's just got to be like subtle messages. We're only going to give you a hint that we think we know what you're onto without going all the way and saying it. Right. And that's, you know, we have to try to interpret what someone's saying. And I don't like having to do that. Uh, But again, if people would just come and say what they really mean, instead of trying to, you know, tiptoe around stuff, then we wouldn't have to do that. But it's it's on it's 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 in so many things because I think people are just in fear of saying what they think because everything is so everybody's so hypersensitive to everything now, right? I mean, everything is going to offend somebody. You can't offend anybody. My God, you offend one person, you can't say it. Right, and we talked about that where it's all about the blowback. If you're okay with with whatever the blowback is, then you, you can still say whatever you want. You've always been able to say what you want. It's just some people get so sensitive sensitive about the blowback to it. You know, right? People people like they they, they want to be like Roseanne, I guess. They want to say anything. They want to they want to call a, a black woman a monkey and oh my be God. able to and yeah. be able to say, well, I was on Ambien. That and, didn't even work for John Rocker. Why is that going to work now? That was 20 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, in the, in the 90s. Yeah. And, yeah, but, but people want to be able to say that without any repercussions. And I think John Rocker was actually much more uh, uh, upfront about it than Roseanne because Rocker pretty much said what he said and didn't care what anyone thought about it. And that's what I, that's what I would prefer, to say what you mean and don't don't worry about it. Don't. Roseanne worried about the blowback because it cost her so much money, and, and so then she tried to walk it back and started talking about Ambien and shit like that. And that's when you got to just like, okay, it's just stop. Yeah, that's, just, that's stuff. yeah, it's like you say something stupid, just be like, yeah, I said something stupid. Just own it. That's that's it. Just own it. And you don't even have to go as far as to say, oh, that's what I feel deep down in my heart. You can just say, like, yeah, I said something stupid. I'm a comedian. I said something stupid. I mean, I say stupid shit. I, you know. God, we all say stupid shit. You say stupid. We all we all do it. I say a ton of stupid shit, but I own everything I say. <laughs> I have no problems with any blowback whatsoever because I said I it, and if you have a problem with it, kiss my ass. Jokes. I, I'll I'll say things for shock value. I believe but I did that earlier. Have a problem. But you don't have a problem with any blowback to it because you said it, and and that's it. I'm making a joke. Somebody wants to come after me. Oh my God! You hurt somebody's feelings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably got me. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right, well, that, yeah. There, there's a level of disingenuousness to all of it now. Where, like you say, yeah, everybody's just you, everybody's like, oh, like, I can't say anything. I got to walk on eggshells. You know, just just say what you think. No, no, you really don't. You don't have to, but you know, so many people do. Yeah, because it's again, it's all about the money. I'm not going to play the drop, but most of these times when people say they can't say anything, what they what they mean here here now, I'm going to do it again. Is interpreting what people mean. What they actually mean is. 
I can't say what I want to say without losing potential sponsors and potential jobs because people oh. run away from me because I just said oh. something stupid. Yeah, I can't tell you what I really think because right, it might actually cost me money. Right, which is the whole problem to begin with. Right. So we went on such a kings of non sequitur that I had the uh, AFC up here that we were going to do a little AFC uh, uh, real or fake. Let's do that on the, I guess we'll have to do that on the recap show, huh? That sounds good. We'll save that for the recap show next. uh, Five minutes of real or fake, because that's usually a decent uh, segment. Plus that gives us uh, some results from this week to kind of pour over and and get us into a little, now that I know that that's what you want to do, uh, I won't go mm-hmm. on any, I won't go on any tangents here. Why don't you just come out and say it? Our show is a tangent. What do you mean you won't go on any tangents? Yeah, the whole show is a tangent. The reason that we call this show Kings of Non Sequitur when we get to the off season now. Yeah. Way better than open mouth say shit. <laughs> I liked open mouth say shit. It just it, it was profane and wasn't uh, you know. If we ever but, did get a sponsor, we would have had to change it anyway. Right, but Kings of Non Sequitur is much more descriptive of what we are actually doing. Yeah, I mean there yeah, are some certainly. there are shows or some off season shows where we're just in full Kings of Non Sequitur for the whole show, and we don't even know what we were what the whole topic of the show was supposed to be. Yeah, we just go all over different roads and different places and turn here and go left there and go right there, and then you look up and you go, "What? How did we get here? What, what were we talking about?" So yeah, no, I, I'm totally. No, but I'm just I'm gonna be glad when this whole election thing is done. With 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 this whole midterm thing. This is you know, it's life changing and all my like, God, shut up, people. It's it's the midterm election. Half the people less than half the people that voted in the general are gonna vote for this. It, it, come on. Never seen this many political ads. I've never seen anything like this. If this is what twenty twenty is gonna be like, I'm I think I'm gonna to move to the Caribbean now. I think I think I'm out of here now. Stay on it. Oh wait, was Just that a racist? I don't want to be. Yeah, I, don't I wanna... see what you were saying there. You're talking about a boat and, and chains and slavery. <laughs> I see exactly what you were talking about there, buddy. I see you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know exactly what you was getting at. Man, racist motherfucker. I'm over at like Target and I go into the pet supply section. I'm gonna be looking for those racist dog whistles. I don't know if they sell them. <laughs> But if you just blow into one, do people just like hear racist shit? <laughs> I don't think I've seen those in the store. You might have to, you, you know, you, you would... those with our Murga hats actually <laughs> actually sell a racist dog whistle. You have to go into the to the drugstore in the hood. You have to go to the to the booze stores. <laughs> yeah, that'd be something that you find at like a Spencer's, right, or a Hot Topic. <laughs> The racist dog whistle. I'm gonna to totally market that on sale for four ninety nine. Yeah, oh. but you'd have to get your whole. You'd have to market it for like every like type. I mean, think about all the racism and all the isms that you could market these whistles for. You have the uh, the sort of light brown colored one for the uh, for the Latinos. You got that racist dog whistle. You got the yeah. darker chocolate brown one for the brothers. Uh, 
Uh, if I go, I, I was just about to go somewhere and it was going to be really bad and I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> why? Why? Hold it. Because I don't want the blowback. Oh, oh I don't no. want that smoke. I, I don't. Um, before yeah, we get. Totally. <laughs> Before we get snipered, I need to let you know that our recap show will definitely be Wednesday after bowling because Tuesday oh, the wife and I will be at the FedEx Forum to watch the Memphis Tigers play basketball. So you'll see the Raiders there <laughs> <laughs> at the FedEx Forum. Yeah, because <laughs> ah, see, I didn't even oh, understand where you were going there. I, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.